0: Welcome to the February 2014 edition of DC Update. I'm your host, Jim Allen, Head of Capital Markets Policy for the Americas, located here in Charlottesville, Virginia. And today we will be talking about crowdfunding and mortgage market reform. And it's nearly two years after being signed into law, regulators are finally getting around to adopting rules to implement the JOBS Act. You might recall that the JOBS Act was created by Acronymizing, that's a new word, isn't it? Its full and proper name, the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act. The act became law in April 2012 as a way for politicians to claim that they were working on a bipartisan basis to create the circumstances to get the economy growing ahead of the elections that November. And I apologize very much for my cynicism expressed there. Um, but it was intended as a way to ease and direct the flow of investment capital to small and startup companies which weren't getting credit from their commercial banks in their areas. Creating a new market from a whole cloth, however, isn't altogether easy as the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority have both determined. Both proposed rules to implement the law's provisions it Most last uh, autumn. Uh, while also attempting to ensure the efficient and fair functioning in the marketplaces, the due date for responses to the proposals from both regulators was February third, and CFA Institute contributed its thoughts on both. With regard to the SEC proposal, this this one amounted to just a you know a mere five hundred eighty. pages. It was only 427 pages if one were to exclude the 158 pages dedicated to the Paperwork Reduction Act. But anyway, it covered everything from exemptions to reporting and other requirements for issuers. It also covered limitations on the amounts that investors can put into these types of companies uh, when using these, uh, these investment portals. In general, the SEC's approach was reasonable, we thought. Intermediaries operating the portals would be responsible for for determining whether an individual is is eligible to invest, particularly whether they'd already surpassed the limits that were uh, provided in the law, and how much they could invest, which we believe is the correct approach. Likewise, the commission did a good job of balancing the reduced disclosure requirements that are part of the law with the informational requirements of investors in these type of companies. They also proposed, rightly we believe, that issuers include legends in their offering documents that alerted investors to the potential for loss and complete loss of their investment capital. Um, That said, we did encourage the Commission to require companies to discuss how an issuer's business might be affected by risks in the marketplace. We also asked for um, discussion about the existence, magnitude, and duration of material contracts that the company may have, a discussion about the current backlogs of business they have, or lack thereof, and the names, and specifically the names and numbers of shares that selling shareholders were um, putting out into these offerings. We don't necessarily expect that that last issue is going to be a regular feature, but uh, if they are, we'd like for investors to be warned about it and be aware of, of those selling share owners. What CFA Institute and others found to be a problem was, a, was the potential that a firm could engage in a crowdfunding effort with the limited marketing efforts permitted by the law and the rules associated with crowdfunding offerings, while simultaneously making a separate offering conducted under a separate set of offering exemptions. And the problem with this is that the more lenient promotional rules available under some of these other extensions could be used to influence investors in the crowdfunding sphere. Uh, thus sort of having some, uh, some uh, f- spillover effect into the potential market for crowdfunding investors. So we suggested that regulators impose a three-month waiting period between offerings made under those different uh, offering exemptions just to try to avoid this kind of pro- uh, cross-pollination. And just briefly, FINRA's proposal, um, well, first of all, it lacked the girth of the SEC proposal which was good for us anyway. Um, But it also focused principally on the accountability of the firms providing the the funding portals. Once again we found that most of their proposals were reasonable. We did have some technical uh, suggestions, but uh, nothing of a very significant or serious nature. That covers the bulk of the crowdfunding issue for the time being. We're sure to see more of this as it comes out with final rules Sometime, uh, probably in late spring, early summer. For now, though, uh, on some of the the, probably the other big issue, at least on the legislative front, is mortgage market reform, and we've talked about this on a couple of our past podcasts. Um, That effort, that reform effort, is now nearing a conclusion, with everybody sort of waiting in limbo for what what proposals come out of the Senate Banking Committee. The principal bill that has been sort of floating around the Senate since last summer is known as Corker-Warner, and uh, it has 10 to 12 uh, co-signers from both parties on, on it, on, and it has co-signers from both parties. Um, the question really of what's going to happen in mortgage market reform therefore depends upon how close the bill coming out of the Senate Banking committee is to what is proposed in the Corker Warner bill that's been around since since um, since uh, last summer. If it is close to that bill, you know there may be some some technical differences, but still most most of the major provisions are, are consistent with Corker Warner. then there's a pretty good chance uh, that mortgage market reform will become law later this year, and that will be a big feather in the hat of many of the, the senators and congressmen who are trying to promote, a, a, you know, the, the idea of bipartisanism in Washington, D.C. However, if that bill has some significant differences, particularly in key parts of the bill, then the prospects for mortgage market reform become less and less likely. Um, some of the big concerns at least that we have, and I know that uh, this is also a concern of uh, uh, Senator Corker from Tennessee, who's one of the named parties in the uh, Corker-Warner bill, is the 10 percent first loss position for uh, it's, essentially it's a first loss position for private investors. Now from our perspective one of the key things here, and if you go back to Dodd-Frank back in 2010, one of the big concerns that was raised by a lot of the a lot of the post-mortem um, reviews of the of the 2008 financial crisis was the lack of skin in the game that many of these financial institutions had. They didn't. You know, they made the loans, they turned around, sold them off, and didn't have anything uh, left to show on their balance sheets for what kind of underwriting they had done on those, those loans or the securities that they were created. Consequently there was a concern that the the quality suffered greatly because of this agency, this agency problem. Corker Warner requires this 10 percent upfront uh, first loss position for private investors but it does not stipulate that those entities that create the loans or create the mortgage backed securities backed by these loans have a first law and part of that first loss position. We think this was a uh, significant oversight, and we've been advocating for ensuring that uh, those parties, those entities, those firms that create the loans, that create the securities, have. A part of that first lost position to ensure that they have uh, skin in the game, whether or not that actually gets to uh, prospects for that skin in the game provision being part of the final bill is rather slim, nevertheless, we have been suggesting that uh, it' be part of the of the bill uh, to avoid the same kind of position problems that we had back in two thousand the middle part of the last decade and to make sure that we don't have to live through that again. That uh, concludes another edition of DC Update. You can follow us at blogs.cfainstitute.org marketintegrity or follow us on Twitter at, at marketintegrity. See you next time.